Hi, welcome to episode 470 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I went to the doctor the other day, and he ran some tests, and he told me that my blood was 75% cheese. I don't think that's good. Today, the 470th issue of the Fantastic Four, it's Fantastic Four, Volume 3, Number 41, from May 2001. Marooned by artist and co-plotter Carlos Pacheco, co-plotter Rafael Marin, and scripter Jeff Loeb. And so the Human Torch arrives back at the Baxter building to find that his teammates have left without him and entered the negative zone. He asks a computer to run a scan of the negative zone, but the scan comes back incomplete. They can't find any sign of the other members of the Fantastic Four in the negative zone. Johnny is in contact with Noah Baxter and asks for his help, but Noah says he doesn't know enough about the negative zone to be of any use. Reed kept all that information to himself. Except for the stuff that he shared with uh, the Gideon Trust for money. So Reed, he's just a whack job. After all these years, he should have just destroyed the entrance to the negative zone and, and all the information he has on building a new one. It's just nothing but trouble. Johnny throws down his headset in disgust. He's just not smart enough to figure this stuff out. And back in the negative zone, Reed, Sue, and Ben have found themselves stranded on this small planetoid where they find the remains of an old wooden sailing ship called the Pandora, a 15th century Spanish galleon. The FF wonder how it got there. Huh, let me guess. They were looking for a way to India and found the negative zone instead. They searched the ship and it seems to be made of real wood. And they recognize some old English writing on the, on the ship and then they come across a group of people, human people, in the middle of some kind of religious ceremony. A blind man hears intruders nearby and the humans, most of them are dressed up like pilgrims, whip out automatic weapons. Yeah, pilgrims with automatic weapons. That's pretty cool. But how the hell did they get those? Probably at the, uh, the Negative Zone gun show. Sue hides them, hides uh, her teammates and herself behind an invisible forest field, but Reed asks her to let him and Ben out of it, and she agrees. Ben turns back into the thing as they rush out among the people. Reed snatches all their guns away. I guess the Second Amendment doesn't apply in the Negative Zone, does it? And Ben starts jumping on people and scaring the crap out of them. Someone cries out that they're the work of Satan. Reed tells them that they're from Earth. Satan has nothing to do with it. Reed grabs the Bible out of someone's hand and looks at it. And sure enough, it's a Bible, a King James Bible. Sue turns visible, and they think she's a witch. But she's not a witch. She did, however, hire a witch to be her nanny once. Reed reads aloud from the Bible, and the pilgrims say, Hey, no demon could read from the good book and not burst into flames. Ben jokes that it's a good thing that Johnny isn't there. The, bi the blind man says to Reed, We have judged you too quickly. What an odd group. Religious people who are also judgmental? Ah, get out of here. No way. They tell Reed they were performing a burial service for the blind man's wife, Martha. Elsewhere in the negative zone, Pastepot Pete and his friends from the Gideon Trust are on some planet kicking alien ass and killing a whole bunch of them. The aliens seem to be protecting some kind of temple, so Pete leads the others inside where they find these big glass tubes coming up out of the ground. And Pete says, Jackpot. They call up their boss, the colonel, 
and tell him that they found an energy generator, and the colonel says, You know what to do from here. Back with the Fantastic Four and the Pilgrims, Reed asked him how they got into the negative zone. The blind guy never heard it called the negative zone before, which, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like the kind of name the people in the negative zone would actually call their home. It's kind of like here in the United States. There's a city everyone calls the shithole, but the people who actually live there don't call it the shithole. They call it Detroit. So the blind man begins his story, a tale that was handed down from generation to generation, which means most of it is probably bullshit. The ship, the Pandora, left Amsterdam in search of the New World, a place with a lot of land where they could grow cheap weed. But they came across a huge storm. The sky had turned black and the ocean opened up and swallowed them. And the crew woke up there in the negative zone. Okay, that's not much of a story really, is it? So they ended up in the negative zone and made a civilization on this world and the blind man said, who else would stand in hell and keep the devil himself from leaving this godforsaken place? Reed thinks he's talking about a nihilist, and the blind man says, The Dark One goes by many names. Really? With a cool name like a nihilist, why would you go by any other name? Reed thinks that the hall to Earth was opened, not from Earth, but from the people in the negative zone, trying to get to Earth. Sue wants to change the subject, to food, she says that she's starving. Ben, meanwhile, turns back into the thing, and a crowd of interested children gather around him. They think he's some kind of a uh, knight in stone armor. But as Ben is showing off to the boys, some jerk with a big pilgrim hat and a, two giant laser guns tells Ben, Step away from the children, creature, or my next shot will lay thee in thy grave. So swears the Hell Scout. He shouldn't be worried about Ben and the young boys. Ben doesn't like, uh, men who are underage. Hell Scout says that he thought he had seen everything and wonders what kind of beast the thing is. I'm a man, you fruitcake, Ben yells out as he wallops him. I wasn't doing nothing to them kids. Really, I wasn't. Reed, Sue, and some other pilgrims come along and they tell Hell Scout to chill out. Ben Grimm is a friend. And he's like, oh, okay. So back in New York, the Human Torch and Spider-Man are sitting on the Statue of Liberty on her head having a chat. I can't imagine the Parks Department approves of a man on fire sitting on an important national landmark like that. Johnny has been trying to find some other superheroes to help him out. Iron Man, Hank Pym, Captain America, but none were available. How about Moon Knight? Maybe he can... Oh, what am I saying? No, he can't help. Johnny's worried that the rest of the FF are lost forever, or dead. Spidey says they've been lost before. Onslaught, Secret Wars, the uh, 2015 comic book lineup, but they always come back. Johnny asks Spider-Man if he's ever lost a close family member, and Spidey's a little disgusted by the question and he tosses his Big Mac and fries off the statue. They even have a McDonald's in the head of the Statue of Liberty? Oh, they truly are everywhere. Back in the negative zone, Pacepot Pete's partner, Travis, says says that Pete seems to have something on his mind. Pete wonders if they've seen if they're seeing the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end. As Gideon Trust the people from Gideon Trust muck around with the energy generator. Back with the pilgrims, there's this bright light in the sky, the blind man gets a headache, and Reed says he thinks that energy surge means that the very infrastructure of the wall between the universes has been jeopardized. Such a drama queen. 
Hellscout asks the FF to join him, and he as he tracks down those responsible. And finally, back in the North Atlantic, an offshore Gideon Trust power station has made contact with the energy generator in the negative zone. All this commotion has attracted the attention of one namer, the Submariner, who does not take too kindly to people mucking around in the North Atlantic. And that is the end for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. Also, I was recently a guest once again on the podcast Third Degree Burn, which can be found at twotruefreaks.com, where we talked about John Byrne's graphic novel, The Sensational She-Hulk, from 1985. Check it out. And that's all I got for now. So long, kids. This podcast is over.